What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatel Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed uh, show for you this week. I'll give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, you better believe I'm touch on college football and the Pac-12, the Mountain West Conference, and the Big Ten canceling, or, well, they said, well, they say postpone, but who thinks the spring football is going to work, but postponing their football, their respective uh, fall football seasons. I'll touch on that. I'll touch on, uh, I'll touch on Ann Rogers getting on a podcast with uh, Kyle Brantz, giving his thoughts on sports television. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle got extended over the past week and some items to get to as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. And the NBA playoffs will tip off on Monday, August the 17th. But first things first, I guess the big story in sports over this past week was the uh, fact that college foot is that the fact the fact of the matter is that the college football season is definitely in peril. Um, you had the Big Ten, Mountain West, and the Pac-12, two out of the major. Uh, you had a couple of you know these are big time. Mountain West, not so much, but Big Ten, especially in Pac-12 as well, big-time uh, college football conferences that decided to suspend their football season and they will not go forward with playing football in the fall, early winter of 2020. And it's and and it's you know holding out hope, they're holding out hope that they're going to play their seasons in the spring, which me personally will not happen and has no chance. You know, if they went out football season, they're better off doing you know doing what the SEC and the ACC is doing, and 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 saying screw it and going forward with it because there is not a chance in America that that you're going to have Big Ten, Mountain West, and Pac-12 football in the middle of the spring when you have the NCAA tournament, uh, baseball, of course, and then, you know, we might be on, and then, of course, you'll have the, uh, whether it's late into their season or in the playoffs you, with hockey and uh, and the NBA. You know, spring football, as if the except as if the, the, uh, First version of the XFL back in 2001 didn't tell you this, or the AAF didn't tell you this, that spring football does not work. Granted, they're trying to compete against the NFL, but it's just the, uh, but no one, but no one is in, the, I don't, you know, when you, when it's the middle of May, middle of April, middle of, middle of March, no one is in the mood to watch, to watch football. You know, when we sat through for 21 to 24 weeks of it from uh, from the beginning of September to uh, Super Bowl Sunday, the first Sunday of February. So the so the idea that that spring football is going to work is it's, it's it's not going to you know it's not it's, 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 it's I'm sorry it's just it's not it's not going to happen and and for the big time uh, for the big time stars at these universities that are that are NFL prospects. 
What are they gonna do? They're gonna go out there and they're gonna play to win a to win a. You know, they're they're not having. You know, they just announced. Or they also announced. You know, there's not going to be a college football playoff scenario or a national champion. It's basically going to be. You know, if they have a season, it's going to be. You know, teams that play in their conference win their own little individual uh, conference regular season championships. You know, or the most you'll get is the top two teams in each conference. They'll play each other for, you know, for the conference championship. So, you know, SEC championship, Big Ten ACC championship, you know, Pac-12 championship, Big 12 championship, and away you go. But, you know, spring football is not going to work on on many of reasons why it's not going to work. The fir- because football because football is a fall and early winter sport. It's not a spring sport. There's so many other things in the winter to take your mind off of it. Besides the fact that it's warm weather, nice weather, people want to be out and about. Especially if if next spring this pandemic is over, you think people are going to be cooped up inside of their houses watching uh, you know watching uh, uh, Michigan versus Michigan State? Not a chance. You know, so it's not or Michigan versus uh, versus Maryland. No way, especially come spring 2021 and we have a vaccine and this pandemic is behind us. Who's going to stay in the house and watch springtime football? If, if we're staying in the house watching anything, we're watching the sports that's in season. Hockey, it, hockey, ba- hockey and basketball is in their playoffs. Baseball and, you know, people will be going, Lord willing, hopefully we'll be going back to going to uh, baseball games and, and enjoying that experience. So, and if you take, and even, okay, if you throw that, if you throw that out the window, the big time college stars are not going to be playing football from, you know, from February to April, February to April when, when they got the combine and they got the draft, when, when they want to be NFL players and, you know, and having a risk injury. God, I mean, it's it's bad enough that that you have these NFL prospects that play on these big time universities, you know, unless they're com- unless they're competing for a national championship. Why do you see all these guys basically opting out of playing in these bowl games, opting out of playing in the and you know in the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the the Rose Bowl, you know, if if the unless unless they're playing on those four teams playing in that playoff, the the uh, you know the juniors and the seniors that have NFL promise. You know, as soon as they're out of contention for competing for a national championship, they don't risk injury. They don't even bother playing in the bowl games. So if they, so if they're not going to play in a bowl game, what makes you you know on New Year's Day for you know for America to watch and for you know and for them and for the uh, you know for the higher ups of the NCAA for them to uh, pack the pack the stadium with eighty to ninety thousand people? What makes you think they're going to play? You know. Spring, what makes you think that they're going to spring? They're going to play springtime football, when when the American sports fans' attention is elsewhere, and and if we you know and Lord willing if we're if the pandemic is behind us, people are going to you know people are going to be essentially having enjoying the spring and to the best of their ability, going out picnics, taking vacations. You know, they, they, I tell you, once this pandemic is over, you get a vaccine, and as soon as that first springtime comes post-coronavirus, you, there will be so many people outside and out of their homes, it'll be ridiculous. You know, they, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be, you know, even for people that don't like to go to sporting event games again, you'll, you'll catch them at, at, at a few. 
but spring football is not going to work. But at, but that's one point. But that isn't the original point. I'm, I was trying to make it a monologue. But spring football will not work. It's not going to work because the big time NFL prospects are not going to be dumb enough to risk their future and to risk uh, injury by by playing football. You know when when they're supposed to be getting ready to go to the NFL. Secondly, there's so many things on the sports fans' mind that you know that football that that football is going is going to come secondary because it's it's just not the place for it. You, people are going to get people are really are people re, especially especially if the if the ACC and the SEC go on with their season are people really going to be wrapped up on on Big Ten and Pac twelve football if we have some form of college football this fall and then we are fortunate enough to NC, to have an NCAA tournament come March of twenty twenty one. Do you really think people are gonna be wrapped up on Big Ten and and, and Pac twelve football when when we had to go a year without without the without the uh the circus of uh of uh of uh sports that is uh, the NCAA tournament Especially if we have some, if we have in some form of football this year, people are not gonna watch Maryland take on Wisconsin over, you know, over uh, the round of thirty-two of the NCAA tournament between, you know, Wichita State and Xavier, and that's not going to happen. But anyway, I'm getting off the beaten path. Second, my main point is. Is that there's no leadership, okay? These the 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 commissioners, the presidents, what do you want to call them, of these uh, of these conferences within the NCAA Division One A, there there's there's no leadership. There is no leadership whatsoever. They all operate under quote unquote NCAA rules and regulations, but there's no leadership. Okay, Mark Emmert is non-existent with his leadership. It, it, it took him it took him about eight days for him to come out and to make a statement on the Big Ten on the on the Big Ten Pac-12 the Mountain West uh, not having a fall football season. He he he's been nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. There, there, there's the, the problem is there's no central form of leadership. There isn't. You know, all the leagues, central, Silver is the guy. Manfred is the guy. Bettman is the guy. Goodell is the guy. There is no guy with the NCAA in football. There, there, there's none. It's a bunch of individual conferences getting amongst themselves and coming up with their own answers and their and their own solutions. When you work when when they're all part of the NCAA, you can't have these can the you can't have a a, a quote unquote confederacy of all these other of all these other uh, conferences. It, it it doesn't work that way. You know, it's the same thing back in in the U.S.'s early history. Why why do you think the U.S. was so chaotic? Because you literally had, yes, they were underneath the umbrella of the United States of America, but when you had 13 states, you know, with their own little separate forms of government, their own little separate forms of rules, different sets of currency, and basically, you know, they didn't look at themselves as one, but they operated as if they were their own individual country. And what happened? 
and what happened, the United States, the people that were running the U.S. government looked themselves in the eyes like, if we want to exist as a country, this Articles and Confederation is not going to fly. You know what they did? They tore it up. They start. They started a clean slate, and the, and then, you know what they happened? They wrote the they wrote the U.S. Constitution. So now it's more, you know, quote unquote united. You know, you work together underneath the one big umbrella. I know, I know, it's a little different now, especially with the with the virus. You know, because because with this pandemic, it's been like the it's been like the fifty state because of the lack of federal leadership from the top has been fifty individual states, both uh, on both sides of the political aisle, basically thinking and making up their minds for themselves of how to treat the pandemic as far as you know. Uh, crowds and masks and all. So I, I so I'm kind of like it's kind of being contradicted right now. But you get my point. You can't expect to have a full. It, it's literally no different than how the U.S. has handled this virus. Literally no different. When what's supposed to be the central and primary force or source of 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 when when the head government power lacks the leadership and lacks power and control what happens the people that reign beneath them they they think for themselves and they basically operate and they basically operate with the individualistic mentality state of florida's got a different set of uh, protocols with corona than new york does new york has a different set of protocols than maryland does maryland has a different set of protocols than uh you know than north carolina does north carolina has a different set of protocols than pennsylvania does pennsylvania has a different set of protocols than texas does you see the proof is is in the pudding with, with the with the pandemic when you have these own little individualistic you know um intricacies they they they're not going they're not working together they 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 have a very individualistic mindset they look out for their state and, and the people that with that are within their state alone same thing with college football big 10's going to look out for the big 10 and the big 10 schools slash teams on their own they don't care about the SEC or the back 12 they care about themselves why because there's no leadership because there's no authoritative tone set from the from the top primary source of leadership on down, everything rises and falls upon leadership. There's the leadership up from the top. That's Mark Emmert of the NCAA all the way down. There's none of that. So what happens? You have the Pac-12. You have the Pac-12, the Mountain West, the Big Ten say, well, we're, well, because of the liability issues and with and with the uncertainties of this pandemic, and also the reason why, for whatever the reason, these these schools and the NCAA fought it around. You know, they and the NFL had the most time out of everybody. Baseball and hockey had to make up their minds or excuse me, hockey and basketball had to make up their minds whether they were going to cancel the season or not. Baseball, you know, they had they had to rush a little bit, but baseball got in their own way because because the owners and the players kept bickering and moaning and groaning back and forth about prorated salaries. Football, the NFL and the NCAA with the, with the college football, they had the most time in the world to come up with with solutions with solutions of how they how they were going to treat this pandemic with their seasons. The pandemic shut shut down the world in the middle of March. By March, you still had by March you still had a good uh, you you had half the year. You had six months un, un, until kickoff. 
Now, now it's middle August, and all of a sudden the NCAA and these schools are starting to wake up and smell the coffee, and now going to start making decisions. It's too late for that. The time for y'all to be making these decisions and figure out if you're going to have season, if you're not going to have the season, this, that, and the other was in the middle of was in the uh, middle of June. They waited to the last minute, middle of August. Uh, uh-uh. uh, this should have been done middle of July, middle of June. And we're at the point where if we do have a season, it's going to start late because they fought it because they fought it around sickly because they fought around and wasted six months and 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 decide you know when we're supposed to be about a couple weeks from from a kickoff weekend to decide whether or not we're going to have a football season and and the health protocols and the rules and that sort of stuff. So even if we have a college football season, it's going to be late because because they sat up there and they wasted literally the entire spring and summer. But there's no central form of leadership from Mark Emmert to the NCAA on down. And it's these individual universities thinking and looking out for them and them themselves alone. So even though they're underneath the NCAA, it's almost as if like these little individual conferences are their own little individualistic college leagues slash associations. And you, and you can't have that. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Lack of leadership and totally lack of planning. That's why the college football season is in trouble. You know, you can make the argument people not wearing masks, which is a fair point, but 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 still. Lack of leadership and lack of planning from the top of the NCAA on down. And among the fact of people not wanting to wear masks and being smart with this pandemic, the fact that, that the NCAA and their current has literally fought it around and wasted the entire spring and summer when they could when they should have and, and, and could have been busy planning to have to have a college football season. If we don't end up having one, you can blame the idiots that don't want to wear the mask, and you can also blame the conferences and the NCAA for screwing around and wasting time. They literally had all the time in the world. All of it. They didn't, they didn't have a March Mad. They didn't have an NCAA tournament to distract them. They didn't have a College World Series to distract them. Nonsense. All the students had gone home or graduate for the That's it. They, they had nothing. They literally could. They uh, Zoom call, Skype, FaceTime, it doesn't matter. They literally could have spent the entire spring and summer making sure that if, that if they got the AOK from the CDC to play, they come up with a plan to play. And they, and they have not done that. To the point where, again, if we have a football season, even if it's two conferences and the ACC and the SEC playing, we're not gonna we're not gonna have it. We're not gonna kick off until until late September, early October, because they fought it around and they wasted time and they and they procrastinated and they weren't proactive and making sure that they had a had a plan in place of of how to start the college the twenty twenty college football season on time. Total lack of leadership and lack of planning from the top on down. And again, if and again, me personally, I don't think unless me personally, if you want my personal opinion, I don't think that any the only sports that should be playing are the professional ones when they have lots of money involved. Now, granted, there's lots of money involved with the NCAA too, but the players aren't paid, and they got to do with liability issues and things of that nature. So. Me personally, I don't think there should be Pee Wee, 
if 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 you're not a paid if if the athletes aren't if you if it's not a league where it's either not generating large sums of money that that drastically affects the economy or the players aren't getting paid or they or the players aren't paid professionals they shouldn't be playing. So high school, high school peewee, all of that shouldn't shouldn't be not during the pandemic. Pro sports, lots of money involved. Players still has to make money, feed their family. Go ahead, I'm all for it. I'm a sports fan, of course, and I've been di- up until late July. I've been dying for for uh, for sports on uh, live sports live games on television. Scores to follow up with. Go ahead and knock yourselves out. If they have an NCAA, if they have, if we end up having fortunate having a college football season, I'm not you. I'll be the last person to complain and moan and groan about it. But if they don't have it, I won't be pissed off or upset either. Because a People should have been what they should have been doing, being clean, being hygienic, and wearing masks. And and the NCAA and the conferences involved wasted an entire spring and summer when it could have been busy. When it could have been busy being on. I don't care if they had to be on Zoom calls till three o'clock in the morning. Get it done. Had no NCAA tournament basketball, no Final Four, no College World Series to distract you. There, there, there were no college sports going on from uh, March to May, and it's middle of August, and now, now y'all want to, y'all want to, you know, decide it's it's time to start getting down to the nitty gritty if we want to save a college football season. It's, 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 it's come on, get 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 yourself together. If you don't have a college football season, you can blame the NCAA. Don't don't start blaming, you know, well, the people that are afraid of the Don't make it into something political. If we don't have a college football season, blame the NCAA, the, the, the heads of these conferences for not being more organized and having a plan. And if you want to make the argument that you can also blame the people that weren't wise and weren't hygienic and weren't clean with wearing masks and social dis- and physical distancing and keep your hands washed eh. I'll, 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 I, can't, I, w- I won't fight back at you on that but the main reason is is that the NCAA sh- should have been organized should have gotten this taken care of months months before now they had the most time them in the NFL had the most time. And it looks like that they've spent the entire spring and summer wasting it from what I've seen. Take a break. We'll be back with the Amatelica TIS podcast right after this. To the Yamato Like a TIS podcast. Welcome back. 
switching gears now to the National Football League, and um, I don't know if any of you guys out there listening to this show uh, saw it uh, last Tuesday night, but uh, the two, the premiere of, what is it, the, it's been on TV, I think I might have missed a year, but it's been on TV since 2001, so... It might be the nineteenth season of Hard Knocks. I'm not positive, but if you, but I wonder if any of you all out there saw uh, the season twenty season premiere of Hard Knocks on HBO last Tuesday night. Um, uh, because I because I didn't. I got I got to tell you the truth. I didn't. Uh, this that that uh, that. And it does nothing for me. I mean, I shouldn't say it does nothing for me. I'm usually and always in the hard knocks every other year, and not every other year, but every year. I'm I'm in, I'm into it. Um, you know, I was into the Browns. I was into the um, was into the Buccaneers the year before that. I was into the Raiders last summer. Um, I didn't see 2016 with the. Uh, I didn't see 2016 when they did the Rams the first time for whatever reason. I didn't. I don't. Uh, who did they do 2015? Uh, 2015. I was into it when they did the Bengals in 2009. Um, I was into the Bengals in 2013. I didn't. I didn't watch it in 2015 with the Texans. 2014 with the Falcons. 2012 with the Dolphins. Although I was made aware. Of the fact that uh, with Chad, with the whole thing with Chad Johnson and everything, but I I, I cannot I cannot get into uh, I, I I can't I can't get into it, whether it's the fact that whether it's the fact that there's no uh, preseason football on this year because of the pandemic, and that has a little bit of something to do with it because even though the football isn't isn't exactly top quality football as far as the quality of play within the games are concerned, it at least you know whets my appetite, you know, whets my appetite in the late summer to uh, for 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 football in general. You know, it, 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 as it as me, and I'm pretty sure all you other football fans out there listening, I'm pretty sure preseason does the same for you. Yeah, granted, it you know it you know it allows you to take a look at your team, you know, heading into the new season, see what your your draft picks look like, what your new roster looks like, free agency signings, you know. So I I get I get the point of uh, and I get why people are into. You know that that get a kick out of uh, and watch preseason football. You know when they when you know when they especially when they try to analyze the game, but just as a football fan, but not without even having to analyze anything, I always get into preseason football because it whets your appetite and and it, and it starts to and it's it's an appetizer for the football season. This is what it is. It's it's an it's a, it's an appetizer. You know you you see the start the regular starters they play. You know, you know, they play at least, you know, two out of the four weeks, maybe one of the entire, you know, four-week preseason schedule. So, you know, whether it's the fact that there's no preseason football because of the pandemic has something to do with it, you know, it's the middle of August, and I haven't, you know, and typically you would have been about maybe the, what, the second week of the preseason would have been this upcoming week. And and you know the sun you know August the second you know two days after I graduated uh uh 
two days after I graduated high school, you would have had the uh, Hall of Fame game between the Steelers and the Colts had not had been for the, or excuse me, the Steelers and the Cowboys had not, had, not, had it not been for the pandemic. Um, so whether it's the fact that there was no preseason football had something to do with it, um, or and I think a lot of what has to do with it is the fact is that with no preseason football in the pandemic, it, it makes it makes it very very hard to get into the football mood, the football mode as a as a sports fan. That's also into many of other sports as well. You know, if uh, you know you got you baseball is keeping me. The basketball in the bubble is keeping me. I've seen a couple of seconds of uh, of the hockey here and there. Not a big time hockey guy, but you know when there's some, whenever there's dead time in between my two sports, you know basketball and baseball, I check in with the hockey. But it's just you know it's just one of my mains. It's, it's the middle of a pandemic, you know. And and truth be told, and truth be told, you know. If they have an NFL season, I'm not going to stop them, and I'm not going to complain about it. But 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 if you use, but if you if you're logical about it, and if you think, and you basically, you know, if 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 you think, if you think, if you step back, take your biases out of the equation, step back and think. You'd have to admit to yourself that that they they we really shouldn't be out of all the sports we shouldn't be playing football. When 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 the pandemic can be so easily be spread, like the way the way virally the way it can be, you know, there's no social distance, there's no physical distancing involved. So many you know people are part of a of a team from the 53 man rosters to the coaches for every single individual uh, position, you know, for, for the for the uh, for the for the doctors, the training, the trainers, the, the people that work in the uh athletic health department there's so many branches of that there's just so many people that are involved with an NFL football team that it's like that that you know one person gets the virus and it knocks out two thirds of the organization you know so so it's it so if you it, you got to be fair you know we really shouldn't be playing uh we really shouldn't out of all the sports, we really shouldn't have football until the pandemic is over with, because it's, because under because you know you have to admit that playing football wasn't isn't necessarily the the best sport to play in the middle of a of a global of a global pandemic such as coronavirus that could be you know spread the way you know can be spread by breathing on someone or coughing or sneezing on somebody or. Or bottle, or you know stuff. He, so we sh- really shouldn't be. And if we end up having a season come you know September thirteenth, I won't say boo, but you know when we have you know when we have uh, Texans and the uh, Chiefs, if we're so fortunate, if we make it another month, that you know it's all all systems go. You know I will be the last person in America to complain about it. And y'all know me. You know I I love football as much as the next guy. You know been a fan of it been a fan of it for what uh thir- been a fan of it for 13 years played it played flag football played football out you know backyard street yard football played it recess in elementary school how many times hell i even somehow managed to get on my uh, varsity football team that's fall. so you know there, there's no one that loves football more more than me y'all know i love football hell when when it's football season, y'all love listening because you know from September to January, ratings for this show are through are through the roof. 
But so if we have a football season, I won't be the one trying to, you know, try to negative Nelly with it. But you got to be fair and you got to be honest. It, it, isn't, it's, it isn't the best option and isn't the best thing to be playing football in the middle of a pandemic when it's when it's not a when it's not a physical distance sport and there's so many people it was that make up a NFL football team an NFL football organization like on field personnel at least it, it, it's 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 too much so uh, the pandemic has something to do with it you also have to factor in they have two lame duck teams you know, nobody in America cares about the LA Char- about the LA Rams and the LA Chargers. You know, the the, the Rams in you know, America they again, the rating for the Super Bowl where the Rams played the Patriots a couple years ago, it was not that big of a Super Bowl. You know, the Ram fan barely showed up. The place was all Patriots. The rating the rating was terrible among other other reasons. You know, the ref ball that took place in both conference championship games no call in the Saints game, the ref ball that existed in the Chiefs and the Patriots game. Patriots fatigue had a lot with it, having the Patriots in the, in the Super Bowl two years prior to that one. But the rate, the rating in general was not very good, and the rating in L.A. for the Super Bowl stunk. Not to mention not a single, uh, there was no, you couldn't blame it on the virus. You know, there was no virus. It was, the coronavirus was not a thing in February of 2019. So the ra- the rating for the Super Bowl stunk nationally, and in L.A. and and the place was Patriots. So no one in America gives a crap about the L.A. Rams. No one here L.A. Rams is nonsense. That that that's that that's garbage. Okay, that that that, that you know that that's uh, that's hogwash. No no one in America gives a crap about the L.A. Rams. You know they 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 played and they were lucky. They got into Super Bowl by the hair their skinny chin chin. And McVeigh and Goff and all of them vomited all over themselves in the game. So no one in America cares about about the Rams. No one, and you better and you bet your uncle's uh, pension that no one in America cares about the LA Chargers either. They 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 they, they don't they don't draw. They didn't sell out a thirty thousand seat soccer stadium. You know, every opponent, you know, when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers on, I think that was this past season when they played them on Sunday night, the entire place was still or terrible tiles all over the place. They played the Broncos, the place is orange. You know, they play the Packers and the place is in cheeseheads. So the the, the LA Charger fan is 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 non existent. There there are more people out there that root for the that root for that that root for the Clippers and root for the LA Sparks. Than, than they do their route for the L.A. Chargers, and that is fact. That that is that team does not exist in the L.A. sports on the L.A. sports radar in the in the L.A. Uh, sports market. That that team that team is is below you you is below UCLA football and basketball, below USC football, below the Lakers, below the Clippers, below the Dodgers, below the Angels, below the Anaheim Ducks. For crying out loud. Below the L.A. Kings, below the L.A. that that team that that they are literally at the bottom of the L.A. sports totem pole. The hell, they're probably below the L.A. Galaxy. I haven't looked at the attendance numbers, but they're probably way below them. Now that franchise deserves it. Dean Spanos deserves it for the way that he treated the people of San Diego, the city that actually wanted him there and that sold out seats and was passionate Charger football each and every Sunday. So Dean Spanos deserves what he gets. But 
those two teams are are nondescript franchises and are a and a, and are not a pimple on the LA sports market's ass. That is that is that is the fact and the matter of it, and that's and that's all it is. And if you want further proof that those that those two teams are not a big factor within the within the realm of the football world, the sports world, or the LA sports world, did you know that on Tuesday night that that sh- that Hard Knocks average twenty three. 273,000 viewers on television. Did you know that? 20 273,000 people on television watched it. With the Browns it averaged 700 705k. 705,000. This Hard Knocks didn't even reach a half a million viewers. So again, the pandemic, of course. Again, no football, no preseason football to whet your appetite, and it's a little bit different, you know. And they weren't exactly bashing each other in pads, you know. It was, it was walkthroughs with helmets on, and Sean McVay getting on people of, of uh, taking dumps and porta potties, but, but the but that. No one don't listen to anybody. The the L.A. Chargers and the L.A. Rams do not exist in the big time on in L.A. sports. Rams because Rams because they are Rams because they've been gone for, from L.A. for so long, and they outside of you know that Super Bowl appearance, they've been kind of a uh, uh, a Mickey mediocre franchise. That you know the city of L.A. has no tolerance for mediocrity. They'll 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 go see they'll go see the Dodgers play. They'll go see the Clippers play. They'll go see the uh, they'll go see the Lakers play. Well, they'll go out and they'll go out to the nice beaches, the restaurants, the shopping malls. There's plenty of other things to do. Plenty of other uh, th- uh plenty of other um venues you can spend your entertainment dollar other than watching the mediocre Rams and the non-existent disappointing LA Chargers play football. That that's that's just the fact of the matter. So the the rate the rating for the Rams Super Bowl stunk. No one watched Hard Knocks. Nobody. You meet more people more people you can find more people that watched reruns of uh of uh, Victorious on Nickelodeon than, than the people that watched the season premiere of Hard Knocks. Again, part of it because of the pandemic and it being, you know, people not necessarily being in the football mood and it being a little weird with the players not, bat, you know, not, you know, running regular football drills and full pads and everything else and no preseason football to whet your football appetite in the middle of uh, August. But no one in America gives a crap about the L.A. Rams and the L.A. Chargers. Okay. No one in America cares about their dopey, stupid stadium. What what, what does it matter if they're, move, if they're going to be playing in a new stadium anyway? If if we have a football season, which we looks like that we will have, if we have an NFL season, and it ain't like that fans will be invited into the damn thing. So, again, no, who, who, cares about, who cares about the stupid stadium? No, Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the stadium. Fans can't go. Fans won't be able to walk through those doors until August, September of 2020. Uh, 2021. No, no one cares. And, and, and the two teams do not exist big time in the LA sports market. And 
Nobody gives a crap about about McVeigh breaking down. No one's interested. No one's interested in, in those ugly, 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 ugly. And whoever designed those uniforms should get their uh, cre- should get their creative license or their or their art degree taken away from them because that, those are the most hideous uh, uniforms I've ever seen. What was wrong with the with the with the uh, blue and with the blue and yellow uniforms that they wore when they were playing at the Coliseum? I'll never understand. Yeah, all that all the Rams had to do was just get rid of the was was get rid of of the uh, of the road jersey that screamed St. Louis with with the bronze gold with on, in the uniform. That's all he had to do, you know. Either either go ahead and and if you want to go blue blue and yellow, go blue and yellow all the way. Or if you want to stick with that fearsome foursome fifties and sixties theme. With with the navy blue, with with the white ram horn, old old school, with the you know with Deacon Jones and the fearsome foursome, all you had to do was just revamp your road jersey. That's all you had to do. Nope, but some knucklehead, you know that that wanted to be different, that wanted to be fresh, that wanted that wanted to be innovative, that I guess got jealous that the Chargers were getting new uniforms, decided to come come up with the most ugliest disgusting putrid mess of a football uniform that is new LA Rams uniform the their new logo stinks their helmets are awful their jersey is terrible home and road jerseys stink they look like that they should be you know telling you where uh you know they look like they should be telling you where uh where 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 the shelves are on aisle A7 in uh in IKEA rather than playing playing a football game they, their uniforms stink, so no one's into the uniforms either. I don't care what if anyone in America thinks that those uniform that the L.A. new L.A. Rams uniforms look good. They they have no sense of style and no sense of fashion to speak of whatsoever. If it, compared to the uniforms that they had that they you know when they brought back the old time you know Ram uniforms when they moved back to L.A. and played in the Coliseum, you those those are. A million times better than the ones that they have now. The ones, the ones that they have now, now are disgusting. Are disgusting. They're 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 they're, they're, they're terrible. And again, we saw the Rams four years ago when they moved to L.A. We we got to see the Rams on hard knocks again because they're moving into a dopey stadium. Really, who cares? But anyway, that's uh, that's hard knocks. Second thing. I don't know if any of you all heard this. Aaron Rodgers on the on this uh, I guess he was on a podcast with um with Kyle uh with 10 questions with Kyle Brandt his his new podcast. Um he uh Aaron Rodgers went off on a sport on essentially a sports television the the you know the opinion the debate shows the the first takes the uh the around the horns the uh, the undisputed the speak for yourselves of the world and he and he said uh and he said this quote what i laugh at and do not spend any time watching but unfortunately it's usually espn's on here the NFL Network's on over there, and our cafeteria is just four guys, four men, or four women. However, it shakes out, and everyone's trying to say the most outlandish thing possible to get the most clickbait. And I've said it many a times about clickbait. 
it, that's my problem with putting ridiculous headlines on the story that is that is in this culture where attention span is so short for so many people, even people probably listening to this and if you are watching this, who can't stay the entire time because they have other things to do and other things to look at on their phone. This is Aaron Rodgers telling you this, a millennial. It sounded like he's a, he's a baby boomer. Uh, quote, all they're going, all they're going to read is eight words on ESPN's front page, and that, and that's what, and that's what these people are trying to get people to click on. If they get one second on that page, that counts as a page view, and the more page views you get, the more ad revenue you get. I think it's really low class journalism. Some of the headlines that get put on, that get put on some of these articles that have nothing to do with, uh, with what actually content-wise is in the article. I think it's poor journalism. I think it's a total lack of integrity. I don't want to look at that, and I don't want to listen to four people on some show yelling at each other about opinions. This is Aaron Rodgers. This, is, this guy's funny. Do they really feel that way, or do they? Tr or are they trying to be the most outlandish opinion possible so they can get the most views when it's retweeted on Twitter or posted in a 10-second blurb on ESPN.com? I I mean, it looks like me, he's talking about first take more than anything else. I just think it's really done as a disservice to the industry of journalism for sure. Um, and Brant pushed back, and then uh, Roger said this, and, uh, and, uh, and here's the end of his quote. It comes down to this. You are willing to sell out and not have any character to stand on, then you get what you kind of deserve. If that's if that's what's all about you, meaning essentially successful ratings, what Rogers is talking about. If your integrity is worth clicks or likes, then that says a lot about you. I tell you something right now. I like Aaron Rodgers, but I you know I've critiqued him as a player in the past. You know he was awful in a championship game against uh, against um, San Francisco, but you know what? He's right. He is one. He is one thousand percent right. You know, I feel like the majority of of opinion based sports television today, especially on ESPN and FS One too, they don't get a pass either. Uh, it's it's a lot of of who can say the most outlandish thing to get the most views, get the most clicks, get the most likes. You know, and then for them, it, it just generates an ad revenue. And as long as they're making the money with the ad revenue, they're, they're happy and they're successful. And I understand the philosophy behind it, but as but Ann Rogers couldn't be, couldn't be, you know, what he said couldn't be more true. It is low class journalism. You know, if you if if you are if your goal is to basically say the most outlandish, most asinine, stupid, uh, if if your if your goal is to say the most outlandish, most asinine, uh, inane thing that pops into your head, you know whether it's saying that Aaron Rodgers, whether it's saying that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time, or um, Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player of all time, or or uh, you know you can pick you can pick and choose. There's a million examples out there for you, but. When you say that, it's it's like really, like and then you and then like what Roger said. Do they actually believe that, or are they just saying that trolling to make sure that they get the most views and the most clicks and the most likes, you know, on Twitter or on the ESPN website, you know, to to attract the most attention to drive up 
to excuse me to drive up ad revenue. I tell, I tell you, Aaron Rodgers, I I one thousand percent agree with that. One hundred and one thousand percent agree with that. I uh, he he he. I tell you, he's not wrong. He's not wrong because there are because there are plenty of people out there on the national sports media realm, and you know who you are, that will say the most outlandish, the most stupidest, you know, thing you can think of. To, to as as clickbait to make sure that you get your uh, views and your likes up, so you can make the money with the ad revenue instead of of doing your responsibility as a sports commentator or a sports journalist working in television and giving your God's honest opinion, even if it is a uh, even if it is a boring one, even if it is an honest one, giving your God's honest opinion on matters in the sports world and basically. You know, leaving it and making and make and having the audience make up their mind for what it is. And and I agree with Rogers. It is low class journalism. It's 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 low class. It's low class. It's low class sports broadcasting, and it is low class sports journalism. It really is. You know, I and I I never try to do. I I I never try to do that. And if I do it every now and again, I apologize. And if I do it, I try not to do it. But. When I come on on here each and every week for you guys, I try to get on here and give you my God's my God's honest truth, God's honest truth about sports, my God's honest opinion on 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 uh, on games and news and headlines and sports. You know, I, I may I may you know add my I may add my own flair behind it to to express a point. But I, but I, I always try to to not essentially be a clickbait artist and say the most outlandish, stupidest thing, just just to get uh just to get views or likes. That 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 that's that's not me. That's not me. Never has been me. Never will be me. If 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 some of my opinions, if some of some of my quote unquote takes are boring, then so be it. It's 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 how it's how I really. On God, truthfully, really feel about about a certain situation in sports, and and if it is something that's outlandish, odds are nine times out of ten, I genuinely believe it. You know, if I even if 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 I do say something outlandish or say something crazy, odds are I'm not saying it. I'm not. I'm not going to say it knowing that it's garbage, but wanting you to accept it as truth. Wanting, you know, to to uh, to bring in. Ad revenue and and to and to get my uh, listenership up, I say it because because I genuinely believe in what I say. I don't I don't I don't engage in that foolishness. I say I say what that I say what I say and I say what I mean. I mean what I say and I say what I mean. If any and if it is outlandish every now and again, you don't have to worry about me. You don't have to worry about questioning. Does he really believe it? Because yes, I do believe it. But I try not to say the most outlandish or the most obnoxious thing just to increase ad revenue and to get likes and, and, to, and to get listenership. I, I, I try not to say that and I, and I make it my mission not to do that because I know this, that's, that's not what sports broadcasting and that's not what sports journalism is, is really about and is, is not about. It's, about. it's about reporting, reporting the facts and if it's opinion-based, giving opinions based on giving reasonable logical truthful heartfelt opinions based on the facts given in front of you but Aaron Rodgers hit hit it right out the ballpark so props 
to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Couple of news to get to with the NFL, and then we'll take a break and get to some other things. Um, as far as the tight ends are concerned, that both competed in this pat in the Super Bowl in this past um, February. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey agrees to a four-year, fifty-seven million dollar extension. So, and Patrick Mahomes has his favorite uh, receiving tar- one of his favorite receiving targets. I know Kittle is definitely up there too, but he gets uh, he you know he and he also has um, he also has Sammy Sammy Watkins for a couple of years too. But you know, so he has Sammy Watkins and he's got Travis Kelsey uh, as his uh, you know among others as his receiving targets for the next uh, handful of years. So, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to run into the problem. You know, hit, Patrick Mahomes, the rubber, where the rubber's going to meet the road with can Patrick Mahomes do it is in 2025, 2026, 2027. 2026, 2027 is when Patrick is really going to have to prove his moxie when he ha- basically has a bunch of rookies and uh, practice squad rejects to throw to. He'll be all right for now for the next couple of years because his team's riding on that Super Bowl high, and they're gonna basically take care of 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 his uh, of his superstar weapons around him as best they can. Travis Kelsey for four years, fifty-seven million dollars, being a prime example. One of I think the best tight end in all of football. The second best tight end of all of football. That's one. That's one heck of an all-around uh, player. Great blocker. Great, uh, great uh, re- receiver and great receiver in traffic, uh, and that's his tight end counterpart in Super Bowl Fifty Four and the Forty uh, Niners tight end George Kittle, who got ex- who got extended for a five year seventy five million dollar deal with the uh, with the San Francisco Forty Niners. Forty Niners looking to get that championship, and they're looking to do as much as they possibly can. Extending Kittle is one of them. You know, I believe they have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo locked up, so they're trying to uh, give Garoppolo as much weapons as Garoppolo could possibly use or need for them to capture that Lombardi Trophy. So you got the two tight ends, Kelsey and Kittle, the two tight ends in both Super Bowl 54, both locked up for at least the next five years with their respective teams making uh, the big money. Take a break. Come right back. Got some items as far as Major League Baseball to get into right after this. Your 
Welcome back to the Amitalika TIS podcast. Getting to some news along the lines of Major League Baseball. Um, a couple of news and notes to get to. And then I'll give you my take on my Baltimore Orioles that have played well as of late. The last uh, the last week or so. Um, uh, remote, you remember I began last week's uh, show with... Um, with the fight between the A's and the Astros and Ramon Lariano of the of the Oakland A's and the Astros hitting coach Alex Citron, well, they ended up getting uh, suspended by Major League Baseball, Ramon Lariano. Major League Baseball got this right. Uh, it looks like that they've been listening to me and listening to their uh, and listening to the baseball fans uh, across the country that have been, you know, giving them hell since uh, they gave uh, Joe Kelly the eight-game suspension. And I'll get to his suspension a little bit later on. But they gave Ramon Lariano five games. Rightfully so, they gave the Astros hitting coach 20 games. The Astros hitting coach should have gotten more. They got it right. The hitting coach all should have gotten more than Lariano did. And the, the, uh, the hitting coach instigated the whole thing. He thought it was a big, tough guy, you know, tr- trying to... Uh, you know, trying to bait Lariano to come over there and fight him when he's literally backed up by the entire team. Plus, he's an elder statesman as far as the team constituency is concerned. He's supposed to be the peacemaker. He's supposed to be the leader, set the example for his players. And him being an, uh, being an essential instigator did not help that. So good for Major League Baseball giving him 20 games. Lariano, of course, for fighting and the social and violating the physical distancing, the health protocols, gets the five games for the eighth. No problem with that whatsoever. That's item number one. Item number two, Joe Kelly's suspension for his role when he threw at Correa and threw at Altuve a couple a few weeks back. Um, his suspension got reduced from eight to five. Good job by baseball again. Again, it must have hurt me. It must have hurt Pat, my man Patrick Mawa. I mean, they, 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 they got ears all over the place. They must have hurt somebody. Uh, be, may, maybe they got a hold of that uh, of that uh, little rant I uploaded uh, that they uh, that was uploaded onto uh, onto the show's Twitter and Instagram page along with my Twitter and Instagram page. Maybe they got a hold of that. But and it, but for whatever the re, for whatever influenced them, the Joe Kelly suspension got reduced to five games. Or got yes, got reduced to five games. It was eight, now it's five. I understand can't have guys throwing at people's heads, so I understand that he had to at least have some form of uh, repercussion there. But you, you can't suspend him eight games when 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 the cheats got off scot free. That's all there is to it. And lastly, my Baltimore Orioles have uh, you know they they have they I tell you, my Baltimore Orioles they've. Uh, they they shocked the world maybe a little strong but they have definitely played uh they they've definitely played their 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 best baseball you know they uh they swept the nationals last weekend they they swept the nationals last weekend they concluded that sunday game they got suspended on friday afternoon they beat them 6 to 2 uh and then and then they beat and then they go then they go to philadelphia you know, uh, Bryce Harper. You know the whole bit, and they go in there and they and they sweep the Phillies. They beat them ten nine. They beat them. They beat them ten nine in, in a uh, extra innings uh, thriller that went uh, that went. I think it went ten. Yeah, they beat them in an extra innings thriller 
10-9 uh, on 10-9 on uh, on Tuesday night. They beat it, you know. They beat it. They beat him in a close game, five four on Wednesday, and then Thursday they just they and they they nip it in the butt and they won eleven four. So they and and they had a six game win streak going into Friday night when the Nationals gave him a piece, uh, gave him a taste of their own medicine. When the Orioles beat the Nationals last Friday night eleven nothing, the Nationals beat them in return fifteen to three. And then this pat and then yesterday on Saturday they beat them. Uh, the Orioles won, got back on the winning track, one seven three. Orioles today made it, or it was one heck of a ball game today. If Max Scherzer f- uh, fan ten, get, you know, struck out ten, but uh, struck out ten guys, but oh, but I tell you, he he won that game by the hair of his of his uh, of his uh, chinny chin chin, because uh, because Pedro Severino because Pedro Severino. Uh, in the sixth inning, with uh, with two on, hit a hit a home run that made it. I believe that that made it. Um, it was five five to two. Head, or excuse me, five one heading into the bottom of the sixth. The Severino three run home run made it a one run game. And then Anthony Santander in the set in the uh, excuse, well I should say in the first inning he homered to give to put the Orioles on the board in the bottom of the first. And then in the seventh inning, so in the seventh inning, he had his second homer of the game, off of Scherzer to tie the game up at at five apiece. And when it looked like that the Orioles were, you know, that were um, that were going to uh, look like when the Orioles were going to uh, be in a position to uh, steal a game from the Nationals and, and win the series and uh, only lose one game to the Nationals in the 2020 season. Uh, it was a routine ground ball hit to the third baseman Rio Ruiz, and he kind of ma- and his throw wasn't as strong as it should have been. Again, he's no Manny Machado, no Brooks Robinson at short at third base. I can take I can tell you that much. And uh, and Renato Nunez, who isn't exactly a Boog Powell at first base either, uh, couldn't couldn't pick the ball in time. And with two outs, of course, the runners are going on contact. He doesn't feel the ball cleanly, and the Nats score. Of and the Nats and the Nats score the go-ahead run to go up six-five, and they go ahead and win that game by the final score of uh, of six-five. And that's after the Orioles also gave him plenty of opportunities. You know, walking guys left and right. Lank uh, uh, um, Lankins walked walked two batters. You know Phillips and his outing early early in the game. He walked four batters. I mean, you, you can't you can't you cannot win baseball games when your bullpen and it did the best it could. You know, having the work a long game. John Means couldn't get out of the first inning, but you but you, but you can't expect to win games when when your bullpen is 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 giving them free bases. You, you can't you can't Lankins especially. You know, pitch two thirds of an inning. You know, walk two guys, give up a hit. You you can't you can't do that again against the champs. I know that they're struggling, but you but you can't do that and get away with it. And and that's a and those are and that's a pick that Nunez has to make. Could Ruiz have made a better throw? Yes, he should have. But Nunez has has got has got to has got to play that ball better at first base. If he catches the ball cleanly, we go we go into the bottom of the we go into the bottom of the eighth inning. The game's still tied, and and God knows and God knows how the rest of the, how the rest of the game would have turned out. 
but you know root if you're you know that's 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 routine fundamentals you know that that you get that you make sure you get down in spring training and in summer camp and uh it's a shame that essentially the game was lost on the defensive side because of of uh Lankins walking the ballpark and a uh, and a play that should have been routine wasn't and and, a, and the Nationals got an unearned run because of it and also the game was also lost because in the bottom of the eighth inning, the Orioles had a the Orioles had a runner, uh, I believe they had a runner on third base, if I'm not mistaken. The Orioles had a runner on third base, um, in the bottom of the eighth in the bottom of the eighth inning. They had a runner on third base. I think it was um, was it was Nunez got hit by a pitch, got hit by a pitch. Velasquez came in and ran. Uh, for for Nunez, pinch ran. He went the second on a wild pitch by Rainey, who wasn't exactly uh, who wasn't um, who wasn't exactly um, uh, Dennis Eckersley himself. He got the second on a wild pitch, stole third because you know, Rainey was. I mean, the, the Orioles should have should have had Rainey. I mean, he he was all over the place. Wild pitch. He hit a batter. Wild pitch. And he and he was daring the headlights and wasn't paying attention and essentially gave Velasquez third base and he wasn't he wasn't even paying attention to, to Velasquez and he stole third base without an issue and and in the process of that the Orioles three straight batters after he hit Nunez in the bottom of the eighth all three of them Chance Cisco Pedro Severino and Dwight Smith Jr. all three of them back to back to back. Struck out looking to end the inning, and when and and Velasquez struck out looking, Velasquez struck out looking when uh, Velasquez struck out looking. I right, fine, you know he expected, but but for Severino and Smith to strike out looking when Severino when Velasquez is 180 feet from tying the ball game up, and when Smith. Has sitting there with Velasquez 90 feet away from tying the ball game up. Hey, Cisco, Severino, and Smith Jr., when the tying run is in scoring position and it's a close game where you've shown when you've shown some fight and you've shown some grit and you've shown some moxie, proven to the nat to the last year's World Series champions that you were on a pushover. But when you're heading into the bottom of the eighth inning, you know, with one out to with with no outs to work with, and you have the tying runner on base, and then Severino and Smith's case is in scoring position, and it's the bottom of the eighth, and they took the lead on what should have been a routine play to end the inning. Do yourself a favor, and it's something that you all should have had and been engraved into your memory since you've been playing football at the uh, playing football playing baseball at the at the little league level. Take the bat off your shoulders they didn't swing the bat all three of them Cisco Severino Smith Jr. all struck out looking not on breaking balls on fastballs you can't you can't do that when you had the tying run on base and then and Smith's really bothered me because the guy was 90 feet away all he had to do was just poke the ball into the outfield and and, and the game was tied that, that, that that's inexcusable I understand it's it's a bunch of young guys and it's a bunch of young guys. I understand all that, 
But Jay West is something that they teach in 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 little league and 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 and, and the engraving your head in high school. Okay, when that when it's late in the ball game and the game is tight and that game was tight the entire game when 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 Santander and and um, who was the other and Severino who was it Severino that hit the home run. Um, but essentially, when you guys have gone, yes, it was Santander, and it was, um, and it was, uh, what's his face, Severino. So, uh, so I get Severino, put him back in the game. On, so I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a break. But still, when the game is tight like that, late in the game, and the, and they literally have the, and they gifted you the tying run on base. You cannot, under any circumstances, three straight batters in a row strike out looking on fastballs. You just can't do it. Not not at the major league level level against last last year's World Series champions. You just can't do it. Get the bat off your shoulders. You gotta protect. Run into scoring position late in the ball game like this. Rubber match of a three-game series against the champs. You gotta protect. Two outs. Protect. Runner in scoring position. 180 feet, 90 feet away from tying the ball game up. Bottom of the eighth inning. Protect. Protect. And again, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was throwing, you know, nasty breaking balls. Y'all got caught looking on fastballs. Can't expect to win ball games when you send it, when the bat's resting on your shoulders. Look, you know, get getting rung up on fastballs going right down the heart of the plate. You can't win ball games doing that. You can't do it. But they've played well. They are now uh, twelve and nine on the season. In as of right now, playoff contention. So for the most part, they've they've done a good job. But today's loss bothered me. Take a break. NBA playoffs set to tip off on Monday the 17th. I'll talk about that and a guest that's coming on the podcast in the future. Stay tuned. I'm TLXTIS Podcast. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Last order of business to get to before we say goodbye. Um, the NBA playoffs uh, it will tip off on Monday, August the 17th. Give you a couple of uh, items of basketball to get to before uh, we say goodbye. The Portland Trailblazers won a must-win won a uh, must-win game. Uh, on Thursday night, when they had when they played the Brooklyn Nets by a final score of one thirty four to one thirty three, uh, Damian, I tell you something right now, and I understand that he, you know, he doesn't have he's not he's not Jordan. I, I understand all that. I know he's not Jordan. He's not Kobe. But my goodness gracious, I tell you something right now, Damian Lillard can play on my team. Any day of the week and twice on Sunday. He wants to run. If he came to me, if I had a basketball team, if I was a coach or a GM of a, or an owner of a basketball team, of an NBA basketball team, and he wanted to play for me, I'd have no issues with it. This guy can play on my team any day of the week and twice on Sunday. This guy literally goes out there every single night and answers the bell. You know what he did in a must-win game? I read, I read it for you. This man had, four, and this is after he, he had a 60-point uh, game earlier the, earlier that week. He had 42 points, 12 assists, and three rebounds and two steals, and and was uh, and shot eight and shot eight of 14 from three. I mean, the, and, and 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 played 44 minutes. That I mean, this guy does goes above and beyond to make sure that he puts his team in the best position to win. And he had help because Nurkic put up twenty two points and C.J. McCollum put up twenty five points. Uh, my goodness gracious, is 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 Damian Lillard one heck of a basketball player or what? I mean, this guy goes out there each and every time he suits up and goes out there and gives his teammates, his team, and the Portland Trailblazers fan base. His absolute best each and every night he goes out there onto the court. And honestly, that's what you want from a basketball player. None of this load management crap. None of this load management garbage. You know, he's not he's not the NBA player that goes ring chasing, that's so desperate to go out there and ring chase and, and win championships with their buddies. He, he doesn't do that. He's comfortable. He's happy in Portland. He's loyal to Portland. He's loyal to the fan base, and he's loyal to the organization, which I have the most utmost respect for because it's very easy to basically be disloyal to a, to a city and disloyal to a franchise and to pal around and team up with your buddies and go ring chase. Lillard likes the challenge of being by himself, being the only man in town, and seeing if, if and seeing if he can do it himself. And last year he got his team to a conference final. So I I got I got tons and tons of respect for Damian Lillard. They won that game on Thursday night by the hair of their chinny chin chin, and boy it was a close and thrilling basketball game by the final score of one thirty four to one thirty three. On uh on oh excuse me on Saturday. On, in the playing game against against the Grizzlies is against the Grizzlies against the Grizzlies they won by the final score of 126 to 122 being the uh being the first NBA uh, team in about 20 plus years uh, with a sub 500 record to make the playoffs and i tell you something right now at 35 and 39 this is going to be i tell you something right now the Lakers have their hands full I, I people say, well, the 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 Blazers have no. If you think that the Blazers don't, if it's if you favor the Lakers, that's fine. 
but you but it's unfair for you to go in especially of how sloppy and spotty the Lakers have played in their bubble games the last week or whatever it might be. It's unfair to say that that the Lakers will sweep will sweep the Blazers in four or will beat them in five. This if if the Lakers win this series beat the Blazers, this series has six games, seven games written all over it. This if the Lakers win, this will go this will go this will go six, this will go seven games. I'll be floored floored if the Lakers sweep the sweep the Trailblazers in in uh in in in, in, in a four game sweep. Floored. When when they when 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 Damian Lillard is playing is playing lights out right now and it, and is and is playing with a cause like 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 a man possessed are you are you, are you kidding me? Thirty one points, ten assists, two rebounds and a block or excuse me, and a steal. Come on now. Come, come on. This guy. There's a reason why that why they gave him bubble MVP for a reason. This guy, Damian Lillard, is something special, and this guy does not get the respect and does not get the recognition that he deserves because this guy is one of the top ten best players in the NBA, hands down. This guy goes out there and he gives you his best each and every night he goes out, out onto the basketball court. He, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He used he used the people dissing him as his motivation. What happened when he had that little beef with the, as I dropped my glasses? What happened and when he, he had that beef with Skip, he went out there and he put up sixty and he put up sixty. I mean this guy this guy goes out there. And just straight balls, balls each and every night he balls out. And I tell you something right now: if you think, especially how sloppy the Lakers have been playing as of late in their bubble games, if you think for a second that the that the Blazers are going to be an easy pickings for a 35-year-old LeBron James and Anthony Davis who isn't exactly Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you need your freaking head examined. I'm not saying the Lakers won't win the series, but if you think it will be Lakers in four and and move on to the next round, you are sadly mistaken, my friend, because the Trailblazers have a cause and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in that first round series against the Lakers. A force to be reckoned with. I mean, I mean, and 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 it would not shock me under any circumstances if 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 the upset happened where Portland knocked out. Knocked out, uh, knocked out LeBron in the Lakers. But the rest of your playoff matchups, you got Utah and Denver as the first game at one thirty uh, on Monday afternoon. Brooklyn against the defending champion Toronto Raptors. Philly and Boston, and then you have Dallas and the Clippers, and then and then you have on uh, and then you have on Tuesday Orlando and Milwaukee at one thirty. All four, all four games are going to be on one network. The four games tomorrow will be on ESPN. The four games on Tuesday will be on TNT. Lakers and Portland at nine o'clock. Thunder and Rockets. That'll be interesting because uh, because of the Chris Paul uh, dynamic between the two teams in Westbrook. So we'll be into that. Uh, that is that Tuesday at six thirty, and then you also have Miami and Indiana, where Jimmy Butler had that, and where Jimmy Butler. 
uh, you know, had a little bit of a, a brouhaha with members of the uh, of the Pacers back in uh, early January. So it should it should be it should be in with uh, with uh, T J Warren. It should be a very interesting first round NBA playoffs. I tell you, I tell you the games the series I'm interested in. I want to see if Philly can show up. I'm interested in see how Philly, if Philly can show up against the uh, against the Celtics. You know, I do a Joel Embiid crying like a baby when Kawhi Leonard made that shot to knock him out on Mother's Day last spring. I want to I want to see the I want to see the uh, I want to see the Celtics the Seventy Sixers show me something. I'll be I'll be into Miami and Indiana because they had that little thing with Butler and Warren. I'll be into that. And plus, I haven't seen Miami play that much in the in the bubble to begin with, so I'll be in, into them. And then OKC in Houston, and you better believe I will have my eye on Portland and the Lakers. I'm telling you, I tell you something right now. Do not be surprised if the if the Blazers upset the Lakers. And if and if you want and if you want a prediction, I'll give you one. Bucks and Lake Bucks and Lakers will meet in the finals. Lakers will win in six games. There you go. But if but if it's Bucks and Blazers, nor I won't complain about it and I won't be upset about it. But I'll I'll, I'll go Bucks and Lakers in the finals. Lakers will win in six. There you go. And and I believe that it, and and again, if I'm the again Lakers can get knocked out. I, if if they get to the finals, they'll be okay. I think the Lakers' biggest threat is in the Clippers and in the Blazers. You know, if 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 they get to the finals and they and they play the Bucks, they'll be okay. But it but do not be surprised if. The Blazers, and if they make it that far, if they end up beating the Blazers, if if they end up facing the Rockets in the conference, don't be surprised if both of those two team, if those two teams take them seven games, because because it's doable. That that Laker team is not invincible. That te- that Laker team isn't in, is not invincible under any circumstances. That that team is very beatable, very beatable. Last thing. Uh, and then I'll uh, and then we say goodbye. Um, in case you all paid attention to uh, you know pay attention to my Twitter feed, which by the way, if you are interested, is at the J Shield on Twitter, and also at the J Shield on uh, Instagram. You saw that I tweeted out Saturday afternoon that the one and only, the great. The wonderful one, of the, you know, the inspiration. My inspiration, one of the main reasons why I'm in this business. The great Christopher Mad Dog Russo will be on the show, the Amatel Akatelius podcast. Episode drops August 23rd, of course, of 2020. Me and the doggy, Jai and the Mad Dog. Amatel Akatelius episode drops the afternoon of. August 23rd, 2020. I already taped that episode with the doggy uh, yesterday, This, which uh, which is uh, August the 15th on Saturday. I already taped it. That episode, all it's all edited. I just, for suspense purposes, I'll just click the 
upload button and it'll be up on August the 23rd of 2020 me and the doggy uh in living co- well not in living con- living color cuz it's audio but me and the doggy of course on the I'm Telekatia's podcast he makes his debut on the show and be sure to tune in be sure to listen be sure to share it with your friends family relatives acquaintances whatever the case might be and be sure to share it on Twitter and Instagram as well. So, I mean, and and uh, and shout out to Dog for doing it. By the way, he didn't he didn't have to do it. You know, I he's he's a he's a Hall of Fame. I told I told him this. He's a Hall of Fame uh, sports talk uh, sports talk radio personality, and he's a Hall of Fame human being as well. But look forward to that. On uh, May on August the twenty third, me and the doggy on the Amatel like a TIS podcast. So I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatel like a TIS podcast. If you like what you heard? Please subscribe to the program. Follow me on Twitter at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it TIS. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatelit underscore podcast. I'm your boy Jai Shields. Be sure to tune into that Mad Dog episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care.